I tell them all the time, all the time. I still ain't figured this out. I'm in it for the long run. I still ain't figured this out, man. She said she got the answers. I still ain't figured this out. She say he got the cues. I still ain't figured this out, man. And welcome to another episode of the Crappy Awesome Podcast. It's your host, Kill C. Ray. Man, welcome back. Thank you for supporting the show. Make sure you guys head over to platformcollection.com right now. Open up another window. You can just do it in real time. Platformcollection.com. Go over there. Pick up some merch. Support the artist you support. That is how we uh, uh, we give back. That's how you give back, man. Just support the artist we support. Um and then uh, thank you for sharing all the other shows. Thank you for hooking us up over at Tumex TV as well. Make sure you head over there on YouTube, Tumex TV. Subscribe, like, turn on the alerts uh, so you know when we put up new content because we're we got a bunch of new shows coming for 2021 um, as well as Platform Collection over at YouTube. Go there. Turn on the alerts for Platform Collection because they're getting updated like daily. So don't miss out on that, man. Today I got a really dope show. Fresno's in the area, um, and it's uh, my G. I've had I have had the opportunity to work with this young man a couple times, um, just on the road. Uh, he's a guy who's been putting it down for a minute. I'm super eager to get into his story, um, and he's making his crappy awesome debut. So he's a crappy awesome alumni. After this, from now on, the homie MC Wicks is in the house, dude. What's up, Wicks? How yeah, how yeah. Thank you for having me, man. Shout out platforms, man. Shout out Copy Awesome. We out here. Yeah, man. Thank you for coming on, dude. Um, so full transparency. Let's see. I was when did we I think I might have saw the last I haven't seen you in a long time, but uh, I think the last time I saw you was we were on the road with Noah and was it Noah and Mescal, I think. Yeah, pretty sure Noah and yeah, to the River. Noah. Yeah. And we were out there for we were, we were I was out there with Parker Edison and we were out um, in Fresno. Um, and then prior to that, um, just from the scene, man, like, I, you know, um, I in fact, I think we hit you. I think we hit you twice on a on a on a tour. Like, I think we hit you. In it, was, uh, it was it was that. It was at Fresno Merced, yeah, the back-to-back. Yeah, the little the studio. That yeah. that shit was so lit, man. That was such a that dope night. Crazy. Yeah, that was so lit. Um, but yeah, dude, uh, thank you for coming on. Um, I, I kind of want to get into your story. It's your first time on Crappy Awesome. So for people who are not familiar, I'd like to like kind of start from the beginnings and get like a, a history and then kind of move forward from there. So, right. um, so um where were you born in Fresno? Are you born and raised from yeah. Fresno? Born and raised in Fresno, man, my whole life. Uh, I love the city, man. It's crazy. It's like it's like a city with a lot of talent, but it has like there's not a lot of pride in it because it's not like one of the major cities or one of the cities that gets a lot of dimensions. So what I'm trying to do locally is bring like pride and honor to our city and shit. But born and raised in Fresno, man, we got a lot of good talent, a lot of art forms. Yeah. So okay. Are you uh, only child? Um, like your brothers and sisters? Yeah, I got. Uh, I'm the youngest. I got um, two older sisters and an older brother. But yeah. Okay, two older sisters and older brother. So you're the youngest. So, all right. So a lot of people can relate to that part of growing up as the youngest in the family. Was there? Was there anybody else in the house that was making music or art? that you remember influencing you early on? You know, it's crazy. A lot of my family, they're artistic, but um, not so much with the music, but my dad, he would draw a lot. Um, one of my sisters draws. The other sister would uh, do poetry. Okay. Uh, my older brother, he, he was in the graph for a bit. So, so it was there. I've always been around art and music just naturally in the family, but I... Uh, because we love music too as well, but I'm the only one that actually took uh, music as an art form. I used to try to um, draw, and I tried to do graphs, and I was like hella horrible. And I'm, I'm not that sneaky, and I'm hella fat. So like, anytime if a cop <laughs> see me, I was gonna get caught. I wasn't gonna outrun or or hide or get away. There's no way, you know. So 
Yeah, yeah, you yeah. gotta be like the athlete. You gotta be able to like jump fences and you know you gotta be able to like run a mile and stuff. <laughs> uh, my, really, it started it started with graph. Uh, for me, I just did it for it was it was real short, like maybe like a year. Yeah, and then I got caught like two times in a year. I'm like, oh, well, this isn't working out. And then um, my homies were freestyling at school, and I was like, oh, well, let me jump in, let me do that. And I bodied it. And I was like, oh, shit. Well, I've been, my whole life as a youth, I was searching for my art form, and I found it, like, right at 13. And as soon as I rapped, I knew that was it. And I just, I was serious immediately, put 110% in it. Let me, um, let me ask you this. So you're, in fact, you know what, dude, do me a favor. Can you, I don't know where the phone's positioned with you, because I'm hearing a little bit of a, like, a, it's hitting, like, a peak. Like when you're, no no if you could push it back actually I think oh it's, okay it's, it's, it's getting a loud like I think the mic is catching it a little too loud I it might just be a glitch or something but I'm hearing like a little bit of a peak um okay, but anyway so you have so for sure arts in the house so it's not weird for you right like to think about like doing art because everybody around you is already doing some sort of level. So that's not weird because sometimes we'll, we'll hear artists and artists will come on and they'll be the only one in their family who did any art, you know? So it was weird. It kind of stuck out. But for you, did you feel like, well, what kind of kid were you like, say junior high, high school, what kind of kid were you? Like if your if your parents had to describe you, what would they say? It's crazy. I was actually like really, really quiet, but I guess since I was so quiet, I always was thinking a lot, like a deep thinker, you know? Uh-huh. And I wasn't really very social. So when it came to writing, I guess because I wouldn't talk that much naturally. And I thought a lot all the time. I had a lot to say from the beginning. And the only reason really that I got my social skills right, I think, was because of music. Like doing shows that people give you props and you don't want to like come off as like uh, Hollywood or like you know, yeah. like a douchebag messed up. You want to like be nice back. So I had a the people that like the music. I had to learn to like socialize with them. But wow, I always say that be quiet into myself. Dude, that's super. I, that's super important. What you just said. I mean, we we get a lot of really young artists that listen to the show, and you know, people are constantly listening to it to learn about shit. You know, and I think it's super important that you say that because um, a lot of people don't know that part of the game um especially as you start to get more and more opportunities and you get more popular and people start to know about you the people skills becomes almost the number one thing that's going to usually get you shows it's going to get you invited back to places i mean obviously if i mean i'm i can attest to this this that's what's super dope about this situation is i can attest to this because that's the reason we booked you twice because we're like we can depend on him we know he's going to come he's going to He's going to kill it. He's going to be fun. People like him. He's not going to just dip out. Like all those things we thought about. And I think that a lot of the times artists fail to mention how important that is. You know what I mean? I think it's super dope that 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 you mentioned that right now. So props to you, bro. Yeah, it goes a long way, man. Like um, I think part of me doing that and stuff is because I didn't like have a lot of money. Yeah. You know, money's a good tool. And I started off without really, like, almost nothing. So what I had was, like, I call it good credit. I got good character traits. Yeah. Um, like, I, like I said, I'm dependable. I'm a man of my work. I'm respectful. And that was really, like, my original form of currency. And um, to me, I feel like there's two forms of currency. And it's, like, the characteristics and respect will take you a long way. And money will too, but I almost put the character over money because when you lose every single dollar you have, you'll still have that. Yeah. You'll still have your characteristics, and that's bought me and got me a lot of stuff that no dollar could give me. You know, so I hey. try to just stay solid like that. Hey, let me ask you: Have just on a sidebar, have you ever watched the Netflix documentary The Black Godfather? No, nah, I wanted to watch it. I okay. see it. I see do me a favor. Do me a favor, bro. Before I talk to you next time, watch that shit. Because what you just said, I'll, I already know you'll love it. And you'll be like, uh, this is my new favorite movie. Like, just what you're talking about. Because it's literally about what you just said. Like, 
about having that credit with people more than anything and how much more valuable that is on the long run. In fact, you know, you can attest because you're, you are, there is no surprise to me as I watched this last year, even during the pandemic, that's a dope thing that during the pandemic, you were still gaining buzz. You, it, it didn't drop off for you. If anything, it seems like it's gone up for you. And the reality is it's because it's because of all those traits that it's not just us who see that. It's the entire community who sees that. And so the community knows it's a brand they can trust. And that's I think it speaks volumes. And, and it's super important why for a young artist, you know, that if you're listening to this and you're and you're kind of thinking about pursuing a career in this Area, please understand. There, what happens off the mic is what is almost more important than what happens on the mic. You should already be dope. Like, if we're still talking about whether or not you're dope, we wouldn't be talking, right? Like, that's you and I can see. We already know you're fucking dope. That's not a. We're not here to talk about that. What about all the other stuff? Like, are you skilled? You know what I mean? Because that's the skill part. And uh, yeah, dude, you, you you do that very well. I've seen you in action. I've seen you with your fans. I've seen how you are online. Um, you love to make people feel good and laugh, and uh, I think it's super dope. But let, wait, hold on. Let's. So I don't want to get off track. So you're growing up. Um, you start graph writing around what? What time? I know it was short, but like around what age was that? I was like, it was like around like twelve and uh, a little bit of thirteen. I was like a little little kid. Okay. Okay. So you're, you're at that age. When does like? When first? What is your earliest like hip hop hip hop memory like music wise? And then what kind of got you starting to think about like, uh, I you know, other other than the freestyling, because freestyling is one thing. A lot of the homies freestyled. Right. You know this because yeah. this is how you know this, because a lot of the guys you started with don't do it anymore. And for you, you're making it into a career. So there's a big jump that happens from going, I want to freestyle with the homies to like, yo, I might actually be able to do this. Like what what was it that sparked that for you? You know, um, the reason I wanted to do it wasn't necessarily because of success. It became that later on, but I just wanted to be able to create some kind of art. Yeah. And um, I think it's beautiful that it's just the word like you're creating something like you're, you're building it from scratch. Your surroundings, your environment could be negative. You could be in a broken household. Um, you could be raised around domestic violence, you could be around gang violence, you could be around anything and you can make something beautiful yeah. out of the negativity. And I thought that alone was powerful. So that's really why I got into it originally is because um, I didn't want my surroundings to define me. You know what I mean? I yeah. wanted to be around all this crazy stuff, but make something good out of it. And that's really what made me do it. And going heavy, because I, I, I was like, it was like I was searching for my destiny, you know what I mean? And I knew it was through art, and it, it so happened to be rap. It, yeah. it wasn't, um, but yeah, it was. I just feel like it, it was my destiny, you know? I, I was searching at a young age, and I found it. I'm happy I found it early. It's better to find it sooner than later. Absolutely. And I've just been protecting it. Let me ask you this. So, um, as... Oh, oh, let's get the uh, the earliest hip hop memory. So, so your earliest hip hop memory when it comes to music, what was it? My oldest, um, my oldest sister, she's like, she's like a super. She was like a super fan of like Tupac and stuff. She had all kinds of like posters and whatnot, and she like raised me um, for the most part. You know, I hung out with her the most. She gave me the most guidance as a youth. And she was a super fan, and she had like this dope ass like um, speaker, like stereo system in her, in her in her in her room. And every day after school, I would come I would come home and I would play. I, it's crazy because I like I like Biggie, I like Biggie more, man. Yeah. But I would play Hit 'Em Up every day, and I, I learned our whole entire song word for word. And I just thought that was the illest, <laughs> illest, illest shit right there. Yeah. That's still one of the the best diss tracks of all time, oh, right there. Absolutely. But, that's one of the early ones, and um, my all of um, my relatives like we like different kind of things. Like one of my sisters into like like hippie kind of like 60s, 70s era like rock, 
And then um, my brother was into like Marilyn Manson and Nine Inch Nails and like Nirvana and Red Hot Chili Peppers. Yeah. And then my older sister's into like, into um, like, like oldies like Motown and then like gangster rap, like West Coast street stuff. That's and cool. um, I was always listening to their music. Like I liked it, but it was kind of like theirs. And um, when I discovered my, my own music and I was like, this is mine. It was when I I started listening to underground stuff, man, and it started. It's crazy because it started with like Necro and like Immortal Technique. I heard them and I was like, damn, like these dudes are dope. Like they're from the '90s or what? Yeah. And they're like, nah, these dudes just put this album out a couple years ago, and I didn't even know uh, uh, there was an underground like that. And I started digging deep. But yeah, the underground hip hop, man, underground East Coast. I felt like that was my music, you know? Yeah. And it felt, and, and it's, it's interesting. Like when I hear your music, I feel like I can, I hear the influences, but I also hear you doing this new thing with it. And it's super dope that, um, you can hear that you, it's super easy to see what you do Wix and know that you respect the culture. Like it's super easy. Like it's all over every single thing you do. There's always like a nod to graffiti or fucking dancing or what. Like the elements are always within your what you're doing, and I think that gives a lot of like older MCs hope. Like oh shit, okay. Like there's still people who really understand like where it came from, and like and you put your research into it. Like early on, were you when you were developing your your own style, right? Like, were you did you like talk to me about about how like that came about? Like, were you like, did you already know how you wanted to sound? Did you like what what were the things going on in your head at that time? I mean, I, my earliest raps, like I said, like uh, Necro was a big influence. To Necro and Brother Lynch, I was into like crazy like horrorcore stuff, so. I was kind of imitating them, I guess, to a certain extent. Uh-huh. But immediately I knew, like, I can't, I'm not trying to be no Shasta Cola rapper. So I was like, this is what I'm doing. But I need to study all types of different styles, all different eras. And I got to pick what I like and put it in a blender and kind of like mix it together. And then, and, then, and then flip it in my own way, you know, add a little twist. So, um... I started doing my homework, you know. Um, I had a high-pitched voice. A lot of the cool rappers, they got, like, deeper voices. So I started listening to high-pitched people. And I think my voice influence comes from, like, Big Al and Ghostface, uh, mainly. Yeah. Because they were high-pitched, but they were sharp. Yeah. Their voice is sharp. It, like, it cuts. It cuts the wind. I it cuts it. through the instrumental. It's like it's like a blade, you know. And... um. But yeah, the reason I got into it is because I was like, partially just because I like rap and I was you know, I was intrigued in the coaching, but also I was like, I need to learn as much as possible and because I wanted originality, you know what I mean? So I, I listen to all eras, man. It's crazy. Um, and I really got into the history because if I want to, if I'm going to do something, if I'm going to do hip hop, I want to represent it right. And I want to appreciate it, and I want to have the knowledge behind it. When you have the knowledge, I think you have more appreciation and you have more passion. Yeah. And um, that that shines, that stands out. And I, not only did I do it just for hip hop, like I, not only was I learning about like you know who hurt in the South Bronx in '73, but I also wanted to represent my city. So yeah. I'm somewhat of a local historian. I listen to. Um, Fresno hip hop from the 80s to now, and they really started in the late 80s. Before that, nothing's really documented, but I wanted to represent hip hop and represent my city, so I had to, I had to learn the game. Wow. I, I had to learn the game before I try to be a representative. I'm not going to, I don't like to talk out of my ass, you know what I mean? Yeah. I like to know what I'm talking about when I talk about it, so. That's super. Dope. I knew those were, that's what I want to represent, so I had to do the homework, man. I mean, I think there's a, a, yeah, man, it feels, I feel even better having you on the show now um, and hearing all the stuff about your story. I think that it's like, um, I think that it's like, it's always interesting to me when people get into something that they're passionate about, passionate about, 
and feel like it's not necessary to learn like what how what their passion is based off of even just for just to be smart you know what i mean like just be smart and know your know how to cover all your bases and like it's it dude the thing that's striking to me so far with you is that you're really smart dude bro like you're a very smart dude you're a very well spoken guy um and you obviously make this this art that is complex. It's a part of who it's a part of your character, right? When the person is rapping, when MC Wix is rapping, that's a part of who you really are. But you have this other side to you as well that's a really deep thinker. Where where do you think that comes from? Like where what did where did that part come from? Because that's always interesting when I meet people like that. That comes, you know, it comes from like when I was younger, like like I said. I was like way, way younger, like than my older relatives, like by like by a decade at least. So I'm like a little kid. Yeah. And they're like, you know, partying, doing their teenage stuff. And then um, my dad, he was like kind of like a player and then he would be like getting his money and stuff. And my mom, she would kind of it was it was I'm gonna just be real with you guys. It was a little uh like some domestic violence shit stuff. She just got a habit of just like locking herself in her room all day and not saying nothing or moving anywhere. So all my all my older relatives they'd be out and about and then I'll just be kinda here on my own, just thinking. Yeah. And it, the isolation is what made me a deep thinker because you know, I had all these relatives and I had a house full of people, but you know, sometimes it would just be me, like, solo dolo, and it was just me and my thoughts. And I think that the isolation made me a deep thinker, and it's it's a blessing, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a blessing in everything, you know? You just got to look. You got to look, and you got to find it. But that's what made me, I truly believe that's what made me a deep thinker was, like, in those years when you got to grow up and develop your brain, and it's going to last you, like, the rest of your life. I had to do a lot of that on my own. So it kind of forced me to mature a lot faster and yeah. think a lot more than the average kid, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's dope, man. I, I think um, you are a walking lesson for a lot of people. And I, and I think it, it's going to, I think it's going to surprise people and also like um, motivate people as they hear this conversation with you, because I think um, there's a lot of people who are fans of your music and they see the art side but they don't always get a chance to like look behind the curtain, you know what I mean, and understand like, oh, okay, there's way more to this. Like, you, this dude's not just he didn't just wake up and boom, I got everything I wanted, I wanted to be doing, and that there was actually work behind. Every time the camera goes off, it's back to work, you know. And I think that's a that's a really dope thing about you. I, I want to talk a little bit about Fresno and Fresno hip hop because I honestly fell in love with Fresno when we. Like the community up there of hip hop heads is dope. Like the the cats, at least the cats I've met, they they're dope. And like, um, obviously we know like some of the bigger names that have come out of the city, but also it is I've watched what's happened with you. And I mean, like, dude, think about this. Like, we were talking about Tumex earlier, right? Tumex has a mural of himself. MC Wicks has a mural of himself. Like. Yeah, that's beautiful, that, that is so crazy right but it's so much love like you will you look at that and you know like the city's like behind you the city's cheering for you um which let's be honest that's it's not like that's a super common thing a lot of the times artists have a hard time finding traction in their own cities where you got very embraced by your city um and it's happening even more on a bigger scale where even people outside of the hip-hop community they're just part of the city community are starting to acknowledge you as like, okay, this uh, Wix can, he has influence on his, on, on a certain fan base. There's a, there's people who listen to him and he represents a type of person that can not often get heard. And he's letting them get heard. Like that's a huge, powerful thing, man. Like you're, uh, uh, in fact, uh, OG hip hop, Eddie, the, uh, our producer who booked you, he was calling you like, he's like, yeah, Wix is like the mayor of Fresno. And it's crazy um, that that has happened in your city. Did you see that happening from the beginning or was it a struggle or was like what had to happen for Fresno to go like, yo, we got you. 
Man, that's that's a beautiful question right there, man. Um, before I get into that, I just got to yeah. shout out um, homie Par One from GTL. He's uh one of the biggest legends in the city. He's the one that did the mural, man. And um, that's like that's my proudest accomplishment out of out of anything and everything I ever did with music. I've done sold out shows. I've done like some tours on a minor scale. I had a lot of good moments, a lot of good times, but. I'm proud of that the most and um you know I don't really talk to my parents and stuff about what I do too much they know what I do but I just do it and just keep it moving but you know my mom she seemed that she was proud of that and that wow that's so amazing that was from music so I love that man but um back to what you were saying I, I didn't see I didn't see it necessarily right away because Fresno it's like a really really tough crowd like I remember being young and I would like, I'd go in like crazy and I would kill it. And the crowd, like, they'll like have their hands crossed and they won't like, boo, or they won't hate, but they'll be like emotionless, like stone face. <laughs> and then when you get off stage, like maybe one person will be like tight. And then I'm like, oh shit, like I don't know if I was doing good or not. The same crowd, because it's such a smaller city, so it's like, you see a lot of the same faces at the show. It's, it's very community-based. Yeah. You know, we all know each other. Like, a hip-hop show is almost like a family reunion out here. So, I would have to impress the same people four or five times. And then, finally, they would give me all the love and respect. But um, it was almost like, if you did good, they're like, oh, you got lucky today. <laughs> oh, that was the clue. So, so you had to do it consistently. I had to do it consistently. They don't give you your props out here. They got to see you do it five times. (laughs) So it was a long process. Um, But I knew if I ever did succeed, I knew that the city would have to embrace me to the utmost because my whole branding until recently, it was all. Cause I like I said I love my city I'm like really prideful so it was all Fresno based like the art you see in the background is Fresno graffiti legends yeah um, the videographers are Fresno videographers the artwork on my album covers are Fresno artists all of the music for like I think the first decade is all Fresno producers Central California producers um. And even I shout out all the restaurants in the community. Yeah, and, um, yeah. I shout out all the legends in the community. If you're a fan of me, uh, my early work, and really at this point, if you're just a fan of me subconsciously, you're a fan of Fresno because everything about my branding and my sound, and it's all it's all based off of this. So I knew if I ever had my moment at the city, they would um. They would have to love me because shit, everything about me is Fresno, man. Yeah, that's so beautiful. I made it a point. I made it a point to do that. Um, I want us to feel like we're dope because we are dope, but we don't feel that way. You know what I mean? Yep. So I made it. I made it a point to put that all around my branding. Yeah, it's interesting, man. Like one of the things I definitely related to with Fresno. Um, cause I'm in San Diego, even though we work out of LA most of the time, like I grew up in San Diego. So San Diego is like the stepbrother to Los Angeles, right? So the, the, the scene grows up with, you grow up with a chip on your shoulder the whole time because you're like, we're not getting, we're, 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 it's right there. It's not that far away, but we can't get there. You know what I mean? And we're not the first in line. And I know Fresno's north of LA and north of Hollywood. So you guys are constantly watching what's going on there and all the while trying to get your own shit. And to me, watching over the last couple of years, you being a big force in this and seeing Fresno really being cool with being Fresno. Like you don't need to be anything else but Fresno because Fresno's fucking dope. Um, and it adds a, vo- a new voice to the conversation that I think we always need. You know what I mean? Like we always need a new perspective and a new conversation. And you are kind of, you're kind of helping usher that in um, with obviously, you know, the, like bigger names that came before you as well. But you're you're continuing it with this generation. And I think that because of that, you're whether people like it or not, 
artists coming up in Fresno are going to have it much easier moving forward because what of what you're doing. And that's just the facts. Like that's how it works. Yeah, man. Uh, I, I really love that. Okay. But I want to get back. Okay. So you start, what was the first recorded rhyme? Like when, or how did that situation start? How did you first record something? Was it on your own or did you have a studio? What, what, what happened? Yeah, you're asking all the right questions, man. I love telling this part. Yeah. So, like I said, when I came in, the the this whole journey or whatever, it really started with like probably like fifty bucks. But um, like I had an older homie, and he would uh back in the days they would make the mixtapes with the cassettes. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they yeah. move a beat on one, and then they'll have a microphone hooked up, and they would do it. He would do it like that on like an old school. Um, karaoke machine. Yeah, yeah. And he was one of the cassettes, like blank cassettes. And then I was at like, um, I was at, I was like, you know what I need to do? I got to get one of those too. I got to do that too. And then, but I'm younger, so they had a karaoke machine. They had an SD card, which was even better because you could press record on the SD card, and that's the MP3. You can put that on a CD, and you can sell it. So yeah. My very, very first recordings, I guess I got the karaoke machine. There's a little mic and I'll get blank instrumental CDs. And I'm, I'm so happy I started off this way because the way I had to record it, record it, I'll press play on the CD and I would um, press record and I'll have to do my whole entire verse, everything, <laughs> hook, verse, front, beginning, every right. single thing in one take. So that helped me out with memory. It helped wow. me with breath control. And there was no dubs. There was no layers. It was just like... Straight up. It was just like I had to perform it. Yeah. And um, I did... I made a lot of music, man. All, all, the, all that stuff wasn't really good, but I made like probably like... Maybe like... I think I made like four or five... Probably like 50 songs like that. And wow. I was just like... Yeah, I'll just tell them around my school and like give them out, you know? Yeah. But it started with uh, a karaoke machine, a mic, and an SD card. And um, my recordings would turn to MP3 and I'll throw them on CDs and I'll just, you know, I would actually sell those karaoke machines and save up the money to pay to go into a real studio. Wow. At the time, because I didn't really know anybody and uh, I didn't have nobody like in the music game i didn't have no friends or family so i would sell those little karaoke uh cds and then i would pay to go shout out to mommy snoop the one um the one production i would go to his studio when i was younger man off of the karaoke machine money <laughs> good god yeah. dude you were straight up plotting a come up like from very very early for, for you to even go from mp3 like to go to the mp just to that process and not letting quality, anything stop you at all. Because that's the thing that I think a lot of times people get too stuck on that early on in your career, right? You're like, dude, I used to have a friend that rapped and we would like make tapes together and shit. And he'd be like, yo, how come our shit don't sound like Tupac shit? Like the Tupac, I play the Tupac album and it doesn't sound like our shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? We were recording on like a handheld mic and did a karaoke machine. And we just didn't yeah. know. But but for a lot of people, that stops them, like right, like they're just like, oh well, fuck, I can't do it. Where you're just like, nah, I'm gonna learn as I go. I but I, I'm not gonna stop going forward. Like that seems like that's the theme of your shit. Like I'm going to keep going forward no matter what. Mm -hmm. It's trial and error, you know, and and you know, I really didn't have a choice because I didn't have connections and I didn't have money. But I knew if I did just enough good enough just enough to sell those maybe for five bucks i could get to the real studio i could save up and buy my own thing so yeah i didn't have a choice that was a blessing though you know um yeah i created greatness but <laughs> yeah man i've been on it man i was real serious real young man real fast yeah I that's dope in life if i want to like i could just be a nine to five dude and I could get a good job and I'll be all right. I'll be like, you know, getting by or I'll be middle class if everything goes goes well, if yeah. I were to go that route. But to truly make it out of like poverty and truly succeed and um, 
you know, they say, like, see the grass on the other side. I feel like music, that's the only ticket. I'm going to have to do one good year in rap, get all that money, and invest it in a second revenue stream. Hopefully have a good year in that and open up a third. A thing that a lot of people don't tell you is the most powerful and most successful people, they all have at least three revenue streams. That's right. And society, they tell you to just get one job. I go to college and get one career. But all of that is bullshit. And clearly it's bullshit because even people that were educated and got their career, COVID, some of them got taken out the game because of this. And um, Real shit. They did the right thing. They went to school. They paid they paid for it. They, they they put in the time. They put in the work. But they believed that lie, that one revenue stream. And um, I, I just know if I do one good year, I'm going to be able to work my way up to three. You know what I mean? That's awesome, bro. That's super... Let, hey, let me ask you this, man. Because this this dawned me. Why are you not doing a podcast? Oh man, I, you know, if I were to do one, I think I would need like um, I would need like a co-host because I'm not. I stay up to date a little bit, not too much on politics and stuff, uh-huh. but like and the media. Like pretty much when you watch a lot of podcasts, for the most part, they like give you a highlight. Right. Like this week this happened and this happened but I'm not always necessarily in the loop I'll probably just be having like genuine conversations I think okay this is, let, let me tell you this real quick bro having done podcasts like this for years I've done multiple podcasts we produce podcasts you literally could just do a podcast and talk about your life and that shit would be an interesting ass podcast you should just think about it Maybe we should talk off air at some point, but you should definitely think yeah. about it. Because for your brand, I think one of the parts that people really need to get in, I think it's one of the most valuable parts that you have, is your perspective on things. And I think that it's a, there's a value to that. Um, and so imagine all your fans who just like your music, right? And they, and they know you from your music and they, it's part of their lives. It's a soundtrack to their life. Imagine if they could hear that person also tell them about shit that could help them in their lives straight up. Mm-hmm. It's a win-win situation. You know what I mean? Like there's that idea doesn't lose. That idea only wins. You know what I mean? Yeah, man. I, I, I've thought about it. I even got a name in my head and everything. I oh, don't give it out. Don't give it out yet. Don't give it out. Gonna it, no. We're going to talk. But, We're going to yeah, talk. I thought about it. It'd be cool. Um, I, 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 I would consider it at some point. I'll just... Um, it's all about timing. You yep. know, you want to do on the time, right? Yeah, and it's got to be like uh, one of the things we've learned at Platform Collection. You know, we do one, two, there's like seven or eight different podcasts under us and plus two Mexis podcasts. We, I think what we've gotten really good at is making it easy to make it. Like we make, like what I'm doing right now, it might seem complex. It's super easy for me to do this. Like I'm in my house. I just go into the studio. I'm in the house. I don't have to fucking leave the house. I don't do shit. And we've set that same template up for like everybody. So everyone on our network can just do it whenever the fuck they want to do it. And I think that's the key. A lot of people think like, oh, I need to get a studio. I need to get it. No, you don't. No, you actually don't. You literally just need something to record your video and then upload that shit and go. And uh, but yeah, we'll talk, man. I just want to it, it just it, it's more of a compliment to you. I think that it's uh, I think uh, your fans would really enjoy that. You know what I mean? I'm a fan. I enjoy it. You know what I mean? So, um, okay, wait. So let's move forward. You're, you, that, that was like your first, you start recording. Okay. When was you, what is, what was your first official release that you count as your first fr- official release? What do you count as your first fr- official? Man. Well, the first official one, I guess technically, cause, um, it was on all platforms. Uh, huh was um it's called never had a dollar uh linked up with a legendary producer out here named uh, k Pinzo. uh-huh and um, we we got a few albums together but that was the first one it, it was everywhere and um i was selling it in the street and stuff it, that was tight man that was the first one but before that one um that's right there it is yeah Hey, that dude right there. This right is there, a young Wicks that. right here, boy. Who's this good-looking yeah. guy right here, dude? Look at this dude. I'm all friendly shit. Nah. <laughs> nah, the dude in the back, man. We were we went. There's a like a little tent city out here. Uh huh. 
Yeah, we gave that dude like a forty. <laughs> but that's like that's some real that's real life right there. Like that yeah. ain't even uh that isn't a dude that put on a costume like that's real life, you know. Yeah. I slid him spread and then a forty, and I was like, I'm gonna just do this. But um, before this release was the one actually. It, I'll, I'll consider it like a street release, and it's really rare. I only got it on YouTube, um, but it was called Still in the Struggle. And um, for those that are interested, that's the studio I paid for with all the karaoke, all the karaoke money. <laughs> and, um, that was that was that that's that album. Still that was for Struggle. Still in the Struggle. Yeah, that was me like going in, paying for the studio time. Half of it I paid for the studio time with the money, and then I just. Um, stacked up some of my money, and me and my friend, we went half on a, um, we went half on a on a home studio. That's awesome. But yeah, that was the one. That's what was worked it off of me doing it hand to hand, off the backpack, off a karaoke machine. That it created that right there. Yeah, and when okay, so let me ask you this: when you're out. You, so you got a product in your hand that's obviously got to feel good at that time. You're like, holy, oh shit, I got my own shit. I'm out here slanging it. Was the community at large in Fresno recognizing you already as like, oh, this guy's he's he's a one of our local artists, or had that not happened yet? At that time, uh, no, nah, not the whole community. A few yeah. people here and there, you know, but. It wasn't embraced. Um, it took me a while to get embraced. It's, it, like I said, like you gotta impress them a lot. Like, you know, I'm a. All right, I'll break it down like this. So for years yeah. and years and years, I would do. I was doing everything I was supposed to. Like I'll do a sold out show, like open up for someone, body it like the hardest. Sometimes, like more I'm than the headliner. Sometimes I felt like more than the headliner. Yeah. Not all the time. Sometimes. Yep. And I was doing that, and then for years, they're like, for the first few years, they're like, oh, the underdog, or oh, the new guy. And I'm like, okay, that's cool, because I am the underdog, I am the new guy. But like five years down the line, they're like the underdog, the new guy. And then it gets <laughs> to like seven, eight years. And then I started being like, damn, how many times do I got to impress you until you, um, you elevate my level of respect? Yeah, and um, I made an album. It's a statement, and it's crazy because it was a statement. But I made an album. It's called King Grimy. Oh, you playing the single right there? That's crazy. Good timing. <laughs> I made an album. It's called King Grimy, and um, the reason I called it King Grimy is because I said fuck that shit. I'm not gonna wait for anyone to crown me. I'm not gonna wait for anyone to give me respect or give me the torch. I put in the work. I grinded. I did everything I was supposed to, and I'm I'm the king of this shit because I said so. I'm gonna get myself the torch. That like that was a statement. Like what whatever you guys say, I know I'm a king. I know I'm royalty. And it's crazy because I dropped that album, and after that statement album, people just called me King Grammy for a year. And people started right after that album. They're like, Oh, you're a legend. Oh, you're a king. Oh, you're this. It's crazy how that album, it actually worked. The yeah. whole album is a statement. Yeah, and but you yeah, manifested was, yeah, that into, like, real shit. Yeah, right, yeah. Manifestation, I'm big on it, man, and it's real, man. Yeah. I know it sounds like wild hippie stuff, but... No, nah, I'm with you. I'm with you. If you do it five times in a row, it can't be a coincidence. Exactly, and, uh, exactly. I've been blessed to probably do it probably a good five times. And the more you do it and the more it happens, the more you believe in it. The more you believe in it, the more powerful it becomes. And your manifestations, they start getting bigger. And now, I'll yeah. say it right here, just on the record for documentation, my next manifestation is I want to, like, start touring overseas. And, um, you know, I might sound like a crazy guy right now, but if it happens, just look at it as, like, proof in the pudding and start doing it for yourself because it is real. But that's the next one. I'll speak it into existence right here. That's super. Awesome, I'm, I'm, I'm honored, honored that you did that. I, I, that's going to happen, bro. I, I can see it in my head right now. That's going to happen for sure. You're going to be over there. Um, okay, wait, hold up. I want to make sure we're we're on the story because I want everybody to follow the story. 
okay, so you put that that out, that starts happening, I, that flashes us forward. So now you're you're you've made let's flash forward to now you've kind of gotten some respect from the city. It's starting to happen. As you're seeing it, I'm sure a lot some of the stuff that's happening as your buzz is building is part of your manifestation. You're starting to see it come to life in real life. As you start to get more confident with the scene and with your own art, are there things that you notice within like the industry part of this that that were surprising to you? You know what I mean? Like, were there things like, oh, I didn't think that I, I didn't know that we had to do that or like, you know, how do you get a show or like because I, I think a lot of the times people miss out on those little things in the middle of the come up that are super important because they can knock you off a track. You know what I mean? Like, were there things that, that happened that you didn't expect that you had to kind of like get yourself back up from? Like, what, what was the experience like? As far as the industry thing goes, this is where my head is at with it. Um, you're either going to be an employee or an employer. And um, a lot of rappers out here, because we're from like a small city, they don't really see themselves as being self-made people or bosses. They, 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 we're like a blue-collar city, so they see themselves more as employees. Yeah. So like a lot of a lot of the local artists, they want some rich person to come, some record label mm-hmm. or rich person to come and put that money in them and then save them, and that's cool. But if they do that. You might own maybe 20% of your music, mm. rightfully so. Right. I'm not gonna um I'm not gonna uh, slander the capitalists because they're investing like let's say hundreds of thousands or whatever level, they're they're putting their money up, they're taking the risk, they could put all that money up and they could flop, they could lose, but they're investing. But people what I learned is like we need to be we need to be bosses, you know, and um, it's a hard thing to do. And it's the one thing all the artists want to skip. They want to rap good. They want to pay dues, but they don't want to pay for promotion. They don't want to pay for ownership. They don't want to pay for videos. And it's like, if you don't want to pay for it, fine. But you got to be okay with being an employee. And uh, I'm the, if I want to be an employee, I'll go, I'll go to McDonald's and I'll flip a burger. But with yeah. my gift... I was given a gift by God to um, to own it, you know, and um, that's what I just learned, you know. That's amazing. That's what I learned about the industry. Find, take the help, and you'll get a boost, and you'll get there quicker. But you're going to be an employee, and you're going to own probably less than half of it, and you really can't be mad or angry about that because yeah, you know the power is in the dollar. You know, bullshit walks, money talks. That's right. So. Whoever put up the dollar is going to have more power. Yeah, and they, so they're the ones who have the right to, to eat first. You know yeah, what I mean? like put, the, just put the, the power in yourself, put the dollar in yourself. Because um, if you're talented, you deserve that. You know what I mean? That should be yours. But it's not just about being an artist. You got you to gotta be a businessman too, you know? I agree. And I learned that later on, like being around, like how you said, the industry stuff. That's dope. Uh, just watching other people and uh, just hearing conversations and hanging out. I started putting one and two together. That's great, man. Um, and it, and it's uh, like your work ethic is obviously high because you have a high output of art that seems to come all throughout the year. Um, this next year, you're in 2021 now. So full transparency, we're recording this on the 1st of February. Um, when... What is this year looking? First of all, wait, let's go back to pandemic. So pandemic hits. What mm-hmm. are you doing around that time? What have you had planned? Is it, is it fucking anything up for you right away? Like at the beginning, beginning, what, what, how did, how did Fresno see it? What did you think the community, did they take it serious? Like what was going on? Man, you know, uh, it messed up a little bit of stuff, but you know, everything, you got to find the positive in everything, but around that time, I started a, I started a local showcase. It was called um, Fresno Jungle. Yeah. And I was in it monthly, and um, the first one was a huge success. It almost sold out. It wasn't a very big venue. Like, 200 was 
probably the capacity, but there probably was like 130 people, maybe maybe 150. Yeah. It was packed, and I go, wow, this is amazing. I go, we did this. Damn, someone's called. Let me get them out of here. Can you hear me still? Yeah, I got you. I go, I was like, wow, this is amazing. Like, we did we did this numbers, and we had a disc pack with no headliner, with no big name. Like, this is just us, the community. I was going to do that monthly on my second one. The pandemic came a few days. Cut it out. You know, no no more shows. And I was going to do Top Fest, too. And then yeah, the pandemic yep. came. Cut that out. I had, like, a lot of big stuff. But when it happened, I said... Thankfully, this goes back to knowing your history and knowing your knowledge. This shit started in the parks. It started in the street. Um, cool Herc and all the original DJs, the the clubs wouldn't want nothing to do with them because they're like, why are you over here scratching the record? Why are you touching the record? Like, you're messing up the records. Why are you... They, 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 they like, uh, DJing and all that, it was like racket to them. Yeah. Even even um even like the juggle thing where they keep the beat going, even that was weird to them. They're like, no lyrics, like what are you guys doing? This ain't the first time that hip hop wasn't allowed in a venue. So since I know my history and I know my knowledge, I go, Oh well, I'm not worried about it. We could go back to the streets. It could be nineteen seventy three again. And I started doing community things like um music video shoots and bringing people out and um you know i was just doing a lot of community stuff literally in the street and it helped me out as a recording artist i think as well because i went back to the street damn people want to call me right now that's okay <laughs> i took it back to the street because i know my history and i know that this ain't the first history repeats itself so yeah all right, let me be on my cool herc then. Um, but it also helped me as a recording artist because, you know, with, with music, I started ciphering and, and battling in the streets. Like, I was more, even even the way I recorded music when I started was live, all one take. So I consider myself more of a performance artist yeah. than even a recording artist. Yeah. Like, I know there's some people that are way more complex and got like a lot of substance and a lot of talent like a great pen and with me i got a good pen but i i could sell my lyrics i could i could sell my uh delivery voice I, yeah i could style the conviction and and life i got the call and response i got the energy i got like a vibe and energy that carries me a little bit more than the pen but you take away the shows and i can't use that as a crutch Mm. Now I have to be a good recording artist. Now I have to be sharp with the pen because I can't rely on my aura to carry me. Um, everything is going to be done sonically now. So I think I put out my best album ever, Ghetto Artsy. Yeah. And yeah. It partially, it was partially because I couldn't do shows and I had to work on this um, studio side of the game, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It helped me out a lot. Yeah, get all artsy. It made me a better writer. And it made me um it made me better with social media as well. And now now I got the footwork on deck and now I'm gonna have the internet game on deck and the studio game on deck. So when it's back to normal, it's gonna be better than ever. And oh shit, MC Wicks podcast coming soon. Oh shit. Yeah. Um, yeah. <laughs> dude, um uh yeah, dude, I think it's it's uh, one of the things we said at the beginning of this, right? Because, you know, Platform Collection, we help over at ThoughtFest as well. Like, the other, we, there was a lot of contingency plans, like, popping into place, right, as, as the pandemic started happening. And one of the things that we definitely were reflecting on, like, yo, I wonder how many artists in our community are going to make it to the to things when we can do shows again like how many are even going to oh, make yeah. it that far right because and and sure enough as time has gone by we've lost a lot of artists not mm -hmm. just to the pandemic but to literally just seeing no light at the end of the tunnel and going fuck it i can't i can't in their minds waste all another year and not 
have a, any chance. But you, but the but this is for sure. This for sure happened. There's a shitload of artists that I know, you being one of them, that seem to get even more of a foothold during the pandemic. And I think it's a credit to that that the the cream rising to the top thing. Because when we're in situations where it is literally about survive, I say this all the time. I'm not in competition with anybody. I do this to live. So I can't be in competition with somebody. I do, this is my lifestyle. This is what I do. And so all the people who live like that seem to do really well during this pandemic. If anything, they seem to have turned it up even more. Do you credit that to just the, like, what do you credit it to? Do you credit it to being able to reflect on things more? Are you just more time? Like, what What do you credit it to? Um, You know, I got a crazy work ethic, and um, I don't, you know, usually when people, they finish something or they do something, they celebrate. Yeah. I'll celebrate for a millisecond, but I'm always on the next. Doom, 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 doom. I don't stop. I don't wait for nothing. I keep it moving in motion because this day and age, um, if your album is like five months old, it's considered an old album. Real shit. And um, yeah, I can't, I just can't afford to let anything stop me. I came too far. It's like 10 years in. Uh, like I was even considering this uh, recently. Like I can't let nothing in this world stop me. And the pandemic, it did. I didn't think it was going to last this long, and I'm not going to lie. Eventually, because right before the pandemic, I was like, I started doing a little bit of like uh, mini tours, like little tours and stuff. Mm -hmm. And I go, well, I can't have a regular job if I'm going to be going on the road every other month. Like, they're going to fire me. Yeah. So I put all my eggs in this music basket. And um, yeah, fucking... um, I can't afford to stop. I got to keep it going, man. It's like, I came too far, you know? It's a beautiful and, place and to be, bro. People are worried. They're like, oh, they're not going to buy my album now. It, it's not, don't even worry about now. Just make the album. When everything's back to normal, you're going to have five new albums on the merch table. And, and your real fans, they're going to buy all five of them. Yeah. So yeah, just yeah. Now and get the money later. That's that's what I told myself. And I like I going back to what I said. I can't afford to let anything stop me in the world. I almost even considered like doing like a backyard fucking tour. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah. Warehouse tour, our DM for address tour. Like, um, I, I just wasn't gonna let nothing stop me. That was it. I can't. I can't do that. I, I feel you, man. I feel you, and yeah, I agree. Yeah, that, was, that was the only thing that made me move that way. I just, if um, if there's a brick wall, I'm a Kool Aid man. That shit, you know. What I mean? <laughs> a brick, a brick wall don't stop me. I'll bulldoze it, or I'll walk around, or I'll, I'll dig under it, I'll get over it, or I'll break through it. If all fails, I'll jump into that wall until those bricks fall apart. That's and that's just the way I've been moving, man. That's what's up, man. And I think that it's a, uh, like I said, dude. Um, super happy you you were able to come in, come on the show. Um, I'm glad that you have been thriving through this past year. Tell people a little bit about what we can expect for 2021 from you. Is there anything close to coming out? Is there what's in the works? What, what what's it look like for you, man? Hey. You know, back to the uh, pandemic, the one, one of the coolest things that happened was this. All the producers, they had way more time on their hands. (laughs) And I've been working with a bunch of people throughout all these years. And when the pandemic happened, they made a bunch of beats. And then they they looked at me and they go, Wix, here's 10 beats. And I got that from like, from like five, six. I got that from a lot of people. I got bamboozled with beats and you know when they say like people go like I got too much on my plate yeah I was like a big ass swine baby like a big ass (laughs) my my plate was this high and I was looking at it and I go all these beats are dope none of them are whack it's like a hundred and I was like you know what fuck it I'm gonna eat all those beats I'm gonna eat everything I'm a I'm like 
I'm like a 700 pounder at the buffet, just not giving a fuck. <laughs> <laughs> and that's what I did with music. I am three years ahead as far as albums goes. So, um, wow. I'm almost finished right now on the vote till 2023. And I'm not stopping. There's still more working. So, well, my goal is to do is to keep working till I have five years, five years in the vote. And Holy I went crazy. Shit. In life. I went crazy with art. I went crazy with music, um, like more relentless than ever. And um, but yeah, I just had to say that part. Shout out to the pandemic, uh, getting everyone crazy. <laughs> but what I do got coming actually is this month. It's um, it's called Silver Tooth Babies. That's gonna be my first album of the year, and it's my most mature work ever. I think it might be my best work ever, and um. Pretty much the concept of the album was all the advice that like my OGs gave me and my relatives or maybe my parents and even like I said to the youth I had to um I had to mold my own brain. I was on my own, you know, during that growth and development stage. So I got all the game that I've got throughout the years and I put it in this album. And I, I literally wrote this album for the babies, man, for the little ghetto. Ghetto uh, Silver Two Kool Aid Mustache Hot Cheeto Finger Dust Baby. <laughs> yeah. The thing in uh, the one thing I remember the most growing up in poverty was, um, you know, you see like three kinds of people. You see the people that work hard and they do the nine to five, and then they go home and they struggle, or they might have a job but their lights might not be on one month. You know, and you see that in the youth and you're like, damn, that looks horrible. And then you see the people that are just, you know, government assistance. That's what we were. But then you got to live with like 20, 30 people in a house or something, you know. And then you see, you see, um, you know, you see the dealers. Or yeah. You see, you know, the street guys and their fridge is full and they got some kicks and they got a whip and they got... They got some baddies with them. And uh, as a youth looking at everything, that looks like the most promising thing. And um, being from poverty, you don't think that there's many options, but there's a thousand ways to get paid. So what the main message is, you could do it a legitimate way. You could do it another way. You got to find your way and work towards it. And uh, my lane was music, but... Um, for any of the youth, it could be anything. You could be a, a computer programmer. You can make a video game. You could write a movie. You can make a book. You got to find your lane and you got to get your money legitimately. And um, I speak on that a lot in the album. And I feel like this is my first good deed I did with music <laughs> consciously. Like, yeah, yeah. I, this album is for all the kids that don't got. OGs that don't got fathers that don't got guidance if you don't got an OG you don't got a father you don't got no guidance maybe you'll hear this album and maybe I was blessed to have all those so I'm passing it down to the kids that didn't have that you know what I mean that's super and that's dope. what I did with this album Story Two Babies man when's it come out? February 19th on all platforms man February 19th crazy yeah it's, 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 it's a it's a beautiful album, man. The artwork too um, on the CD is like crazy, man. It's all real pictures, real life. Like I usually, a lot of my art is like cartoons, um, or like art, like drawings and whatnot. But this album was so real. I was like, we can't, we gotta just do real life. Like everything has to be real life. The only thing animated on there is the silver tooth on mouth. You know what I mean? But yeah, yeah, yeah. That's yeah, this album's so real. It had to be real. The art had to be real. So it's all like pictures of my, um, you know, my life and stuff. Yeah. On the yeah. Art. Damn. Dude, I'm super excited for Oh, so February, again, February 19th. February 19th, this comes out. Please, guys, go support this. It'll definitely be on the front page of Platform Collection as well. Um, also, you can go over to Platform Collection now that that Wix is an official alumni of Crappy Awesome. So, oh, I got to break it down for you, dude. So as an alumni of Crappy Awesome, 
you always have an open door to Crappy Awesome. You can come on to promote something. You can come on to talk some shit. You can come on to smoke some weed. You can do whatever the fuck you want to do. There's an open door policy. And then everything you put out can get posted at Platform Collection as much as you want. So oh, that's awesome. That's that's well, that's what you get for alumni. Lot. I'm gonna give you guys a lot of content. I'm gonna do uh, one video a month. So yeah, bring it on, dude. Bring it on. I'm gonna send him back, man. I'm gonna do. Um, that's one of my goals. One music video a month, man. That's awesome. Such a good. Yep. So you guys, you heard it here. So make sure every month you can go over to Platform Collection and find some new MC Wicks, and then please come back um, to promote the album once it comes out. Um, we can go through the tracks and stuff when you come on, man. Um, dude, thank you so much for doing yeah. this. Um, I'm super, dude. I'm super happy. It's rare um, that I'm. I'm so 100% feeling right that this interview was a necessary thing to happen. I'm glad it happened. Um, I'm glad we're able to help tell your story. Um, and I hope to keep telling each chapter of your story as we move forward into the future. Please come back to Crappy Awesome anytime you want. Um, but, dude, thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you, man. It's love, man. Thank you for having me, man. Much respect. Yes, sir, dude. And we'll talk to, we'll talk to you soon, man. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, MC Wicks, um, please follow him at everything. It's MC underscore Wicks underscore five, five, nine. Um, or you can just go over to platformcollection.com. If you're listening to this, by the way, on Spotify or anywhere podcasts are found, it's on all the platforms. Um, go over and watch the video version as well. We showed some video footage. Um, you can catch that when he references the, uh, mural, if you want to see that, you can see it in the video. So that'll be on at Platform Collection on Instagram, on Instagram TV right there, or Platform Collection on YouTube. You can go there. So if you're hearing it, go watch the video as well. Make sure you like, subscribe. Um, and yeah, man, support MC Wix. Protect MC Wix at all costs. PlatformCollection.com. Uh, crappy awesome. Close your mouths, man. When you cough, please. That would help. We'll see you guys next time. I knew the finish line. I ain't touch it. Perfection to a perfectionist who knows he isn't perfect. Blessings, I earned it. I tell them all the time. I still ain't figured this out. I'm in it for the long run. I still ain't figured this out, man. She said she got the hands. I still.